You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good day to you. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and it's good to be with you here today. And I hope that you will be interested in this topic today. We're looking at harvesting our time. What do you do with your time? How do you use your time? something to think about today as we look at harvesting your time today on Words of Encouragement. Harvesting our time is what I call this message this morning. Harvesting our time. Time. We have it. It's always ripe. It's ready to be picked. We need to harvest it, and we need to use it wisely. Now, as far as I can tell, God has given us, each one of us, a certain amount of time on this earth. I think we can all agree on that. Many of us have seen that some have more time than others. As to how much time that you as an individual have on this earth, I cannot say I do not know, but God does. What I can say, is that with the time we have here on this earth, we must make good use of it. We're to harvest the time that we have, and we're to use it wisely in the service of God. We must remember the time that we have is not our time. If we've given our lives to God Our time is His time. Our life is His. It belongs to Him. And He will do what He wants to do with it. As long as we're obedient, we will find out what that is. And we'll be able to work along with God Himself. If this is true, then we ought to open ourselves up every day to His leadership in our lives. If we belong to Him, we ought to wake up in the morning and say, Dear God, we've got a day together. What do you want me to do? What are we doing together? I like that. What are we doing together, God? What are you and I going to do today? What are we going to accomplish in this world today, God? Got a brand new day you've given to me and to us. So what are we going to do together Every day we have life, and every day we're to submit ourselves to Him. Today I want to ask you a question. What are you doing to make the most of your time? What are you doing to make the most of your time? If you're able and you're willing, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from James chapter 4, James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. The Bible says this, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live. And also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. 
all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is a sin. May God bless the reading of His Word to our hearts this morning. You may be seated. It's interesting how, to me, how we all want to be a king or a queen over our lives. It's interesting how we have this, I want to be in charge of everything in, inside of us. I, I think that is our humanness crying out and just saying, hey, I want to be able to say I did something and I can do something. But with our time, we make our plans. The time that we have, we make our plans. We make our little plans and we, 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 we plan our lives out and what we want to see happen. And, and the song this morning that John and Richard sang, sometimes those things don't work out too well. But we, make our, we plan our time. We plan to go to a place. We plan how long we're going to stay there. We plan to engage in business and, and, and make money, as this verse says. We choose our, our own time and our schedule. We, sell, we select a location that pleases us. We limit our stay to please ourselves. We arrange our activities for our good, our benefit, and our pleasure. We predict our profit and boast about it. On the outside looking in, it sounds like that's not a horrible thing to do. You know, brother preacher, man, we ought to plan out what we're going to do. We don't want to waste our time. We don't want to just sit around rocking and just saying, well, you know, here's another day. I mean, we know we need to be doing something, so we plan our day. And preacher, isn't that a good thing to be planning out our day? And I think, yes, it is. But on the inside looking out, who is in charge in that situation, in the planning? It's you and me. It's us. We, we, well, we're going to plan to do this. This is how we're going to do this. This is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to do. And this is the projected Income, whether it's monetary value or not, this is what we're going to get out of what we're planned to do. And so we have all these plans, and they're our plans. And as Americans, for some reason, we really feel that way, it seems. Uh, it's because of our freedoms that we have. We, we feel we can do that, and the, you know, the government's not telling us to go to bed at a certain time. The government's not telling us we can't talk about certain things. We don't live in a country like that. And so we feel like we ought to have uh, ownership of our own lives and able to be, and able, you know, be able to be planning everything out that we want to do. We really don't want anyone telling us what to do. Sometimes even if it's for our own good health, we just don't want to hear it. We have a desire to be in charge of our lives. It's where we are. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, we find these words, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Wow. You may have scheduled a surgery at some point. And that scheduled surgery couldn't happen. So you had to schedule it again. And then you had to schedule it again. And four reschedule after four reschedulings, maybe it will happen. We 
like to be in charge and we like to plan things and then they don't work out and we're just sorely disturbed about it. Look at verse 14. It, well, look back, look back up at 13 though. Uh, I, I love that how James puts this. Come now, you who say. <laughs> he says, today or tomorrow, we're going we're gonna to go such and such a city. We're going to spend a year there. We're going to engage in business. We're going to make a profit. We, we just got, we're going to plan out our life. That's what we're going to do. We're going to plan our life out. Well, this is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to happen. It's great. Nothing wrong with planning it out. Hear me in this. But you, we're going to get a point out of this that I hope that you and I can take away with us today. And we will think about and maybe even put into practice. James uh, shoots it straight. Look at verse 14. He says, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Wow. Notice James didn't say a fog because a fog hangs around a good while sometimes. He said, your life is like a vapor. I mean, in, on, in the grand scheme of things, you're just here for a little while and then you're gone. And you think, well, now I'll just come, I'll plan my life out. I'll do what I want to do and, and it's going to be okay. And James says, you know what? You don't even know what tomorrow is going to be like. You, look, I get this sense that what James is doing here is what God is doing all through His Word. Here it is again. God is speaking to us, saying to us, Lean on me. Please just come to me and depend on me and me alone. And James, I think that's where he's going with this. I think it's pretty obvious. He says, you don't even know what your life's going to be like tomorrow. You plan like, oh, well, yeah, I've got tomorrow. I've got the next day. I've got next week. i got a whole year. I can plan out everything I'm going to do. And I, and I will do it. And I will have my plans. And all those personal pronouns, I, my, that's not where God wants us. It's not where he wants us. I'm not saying it's not good to make plans, but there's, a, there's another ingredient that needs to be a part of those plans. What a way to put things in perspectives. In perspective, our life is a vapor. Wow. And it just vanishes. We make plans as if we have a long time, and we don't even know what tomorrow holds. Wow. We make plans to use our time without knowing what tomorrow holds. That's it. Well, the next thing. How should we make our plans? How do we make our plans? What do we do there? Verse 15 says, Instead, ah, instead of your saying, or instead you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. Oh, well, now, well, there's the secret ingredient. There's where we need to be. We need to be including God in uh, the plans that we make. That's what we need to be doing. We say, I'm going to make my plan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Okay, wonderful. I've had people, I have friends who will tell me their grand plans that they're going to do in their life. And go figure. None of those seem to work out. Well, preacher, he just did, well, he didn't do it right. I don't know. He had grand plans and it sounded good. 
going to get this job, going to do this, then I'm going to have this, then I'm going to do this, going to buy this, and going to have this place on the lake and all this kind of thing. And I'm like, wow, wow, you got it all planned out. But it didn't work out. Did he include God in those plans? No, he did not. Now, I'm not saying you include God in the plans and you get whatever you want. Don't, don't, do not mishear me. When you include God in the plans, you get what God wants for you. And that's what you need to be wanting anyway. That's what you should want, what God wants for you. What does God want to use? How does He want to use me in this world? How does He want to use me in this community? How does He want to use me in this church? God, how do you want to use me? And then when He speaks with you and then you have confirmation and you know, oh my goodness, your world is going to be so much better because you're going to be walking and living in obedience to Almighty God. And that is a better place than anywhere else can be. That's better than your plans and better than my plans for my life. It's better. This giving our lives to God sometimes is difficult but for some reason, even in this crazy year of 2020, we think that living the Christian life simply means just going to church. That's, I'm living the Christian life. I go to church. Is that it? You know, I run into people all the time and I say, well, uh, you know, we talk about a topic or, or something, an issue, and they'll say, well, I go to church. And I'm like, well, good for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, does it change how you live? Does it change how you interact with other people? Does it change how you respect other people? Does it make a difference? Because if it doesn't make a difference, I don't care if you go to church all day long. You, look, it comes down to a relationship with God. That's what makes the difference. Coming to church, you're coming to worship Him. You're coming to praise Him. You're coming to give Him your, your, your gifts of praise and of honor and respect and you're crying out to Him, and you're, you're praising Him for who He is, and you're thanking Him for what He's done in your life. But when you go out and live in this world, you're supposed to be taking Him with you. And, and His love and His guidance is supposed to be affecting how you, you interact with other people. It should have, make a difference. I tell you, some people have gone nuts over not being able to meet in person in a church building. And in reality, we need to be more concerned about living our lives, our saved lives, in front of an unsaved world. That's what needs to be important. That's what we need to be thinking about. Oh my goodness, we couldn't meet for a little while in our building. It's horrible. Well, yeah, it's horrible, but what are you doing in the meantime? How are you living your life out in front of others? Well, Brother Craig, we're staying home. Well, I understand. But look, the phone still worked. During all that time, they were saying, y'all just stay home, y'all stay home. The phone still worked. And believe it or not, you probably could make a contact, if AT&T wasn't having difficulty, uh, with another person in our community. And you could call them up and say, hey, how are you doing? You feel like I do? I don't like the stay-at-home business. Hey, share each, in each other's pain, but lift each other up. But look, we, you know, we have, we've been, so many people I've watched, so many churches, so many pastors even that I've seen, just so fretful over, over all of this, and, and they're not doing anything in the meantime. They're not talking to people. They're not trying to reach out and live out their Christian life. They're just whining about it all. That doesn't get us anywhere. 
That doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't get me anywhere. We, nothing is accomplished for the good. Nothing is accomplished for the kingdom of God when we're just sitting around whining about it all, thinking, well, this is just so bad. 2020, oh. Yeah, I hate it too. It's bad. But it's not doing any good to whine. It's not doing any good to complain about it. Look, as I said, giving our lives to God is sometimes harder than we think. It means we've got to pay attention to Him. It means we've got to do what He wants us to do. To move from going and doing when, when and what we want to go and do to going and doing what God wants us to do is a change. And any change is difficult. When we make the move, when we put ourselves in the place where we say, Okay, God, what do you want me to do today? You're opening yourself up. You're opening your life up to God. You're saying to Him, I am a tool. Do I need to be, uh, what, what kind of tool do, you, do I need to be today? Do I need to be one who cultivates? Do I need to be a tool that helps plants grow? Do I need to be an ingredient, a fertilizer? What do you want me to do, God? We need to open ourselves up every day to that. And when we do, He, want, he will use us. And you can't tell me he doesn't because when you pray, I know when I pray, when I say, God, use me today, help me to help someone today. When I go out in the community and I see someone and I wind up having to talk to them, I realize right, 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 right quick that this is the opportunity God's made for me. Oh my, I've got to make use of it. This is it. This person right here is the one I'm supposed to be talking to. The Holy Spirit lets you know. The Holy Spirit kind of shakes you and says, this is it. This is the moment. This is where you're supposed to help this person in some way. They either need Christ, or if they have Christ, they need to be, they need to be encouraged. Something is going on. But God, when you pray, God will use you. When you ask Him to use you, He will. But it's difficult. It's difficult to move into that spot where you're, that's a regular thing with you. Where you're allowing him to continue to use you. I think Mr. Rogers said if it's mentionable, it is manageable. I finally understood what he meant by that. It took me a long time. I know you probably just got it the first time you heard it. But if it's mentionable, it's manageable. In other words, if you get it out there, well then you can talk about it. And you can manage it. But if you never get it out there, if you never talk about having God being in control of your life, if you never talk about allowing God to use you, if you never talk about it, well, then it's kind of in the distance. It's, by, it's, it's somewhere else, you know. But if you talk about it, if you talk to Him about it, then it's out there. Then you can begin doing something about it. But so many times we keep things on a back burner. We don't want to talk about things like that. My goodness, that's a huge leap. Only preachers take that leap. Oh, that's not for me. Baloney. Malarkey. <laughs> it's for all of us. We are Christians. We are children of God. And God wants to use us. And, and it doesn't matter. It, look, it doesn't matter. Education doesn't matter when it comes to this. If you can get your point across, if you can talk, if you can speak around here English, you're good to go. And you've got the Holy Spirit of God living in you. You've asked Him into your heart for the forgiveness of your sins. And you're walking with the Lord. Then you're ready. It's time. You're ready to go. Because you've had that experience of being saved. You've had that experience of having your sins forgiven. You've had that experience of Christ coming to live in your heart in the form of the Holy Spirit. And you are one of God's children. You are ready to serve the Lord. There's nothing that should be holding you back. 
nothing that should hold us back from serving Him. So broach the subject. Talk about it with God. James wants us to see that living the Christian life means including God in all that we do. Even making plans for the future. I strongly encourage all of our high schoolers and our kids to try and talk to the Lord about what He wants you to do in life. Please find out now before you get too old what God wants you to do. Because I am convinced that if you find out before you get out in the world what God wants you to do, you're going to be a whole lot happier than working in a job that, well, I heard about this man once. He said uh, he was interviewed by another guy. uh, Well, one of his friends just kind of interviewed him, talked to him, said, you seem to hate your job. Why do you hate your job? He said, well, I didn't want to do this for my life. I just fell into this job. I hate it. He said, well, quit. Do something different. He said, I can't. I got a house payment, I got a boat payment, I got a camp payment. I was like, my goodness. He said, my job lets me have all that and I'm stuck in it. I said, my goodness. To be so unhappy, that shows you things don't make you happy. Things are not where it's at. Oh, but he, in order to have those and to keep having those, he had to keep working at a job he couldn't stand. I encourage you to find where God wants you to be. Do what God wants you to do. This giving of ourselves over to Him means that we do not belong to ourselves. God owns us. He's in charge. Let Him be who He wants to be. There are three ways that Christians live. Some think they can go and do as they please. Some Christians think, I can just go and do as I please. Uh, It's no big deal. That is a myth. That is a lie. If a person gives themselves to God, then they go and do according to His will, His plans. They're no longer king of their lives. They've submitted their life to the king of kings. It's His choice what they do and do not do. This idea that they plan and go and do what they want without God's approval is just crazy, if not dangerous. If not dangerous. Goodness. The second way some Christians live is to go and do as they please and simply ask God to bless their efforts. Oh, I love that one. I've seen that before too. Many Christians live this way. They get an idea. They think it's great. They go and do it and they run with it and then they just ask God, God, bless our efforts. Did God want you to do that? I don't know, but I'm going to do it. It sounds so good. I like it. Did God, wait, did God want you to do that? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's a good idea. God bless it. Really? Wow. We ought to be on the same page with God. We ought to know what He wants us to do. We can't just go run off and say, Well, God bless it. You know, oh, this gets me. I'm trying not to, I'm trying to stick to where we are. But, oh, well, you know, we'll just go ahead and go do this ministry and then we'll ask God to bless it. It's almost the same as if, Oh, we're just going to go do it and then ask forgiveness later. It's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Easier. Yeah, you already went and did it. I mean, good night. How you? I mean, you got your way, you know. You just did it anyway. Was it blessed by God? No. But I got it done, didn't I? Well, my goodness. Where are you with the Lord? Where do... How do you walk with Him? Do you talk with Him? Is He the sunlight in your life? 
Do you have a relationship with him? Because if you do, then you're going to discuss it with him. It's just like you are with your parents, your friends, your relatives, those people that you respect. You, you want to know what they think. Well, if God is in your life, you better want to know what he thinks. And you better ask him. Oh, but I'll just go ahead and do it so I can do it. I just want to do it. So I'm just going to go ahead and then I'll ask God to bless it. No, that is not how it works. When things do not work out, then you become frustrated. But sometimes people just turn to another idea. Well, if that didn't work, I'll do this. I'll just go do this. Please, God, bless my efforts. And they keep running from idea to idea. And they never get to the point where God wants them to be. The third way Christians live is to ask for direction from God first when faced with an issue. Wow, what an idea. Consulting God is the best way for every Christian to live. What a novel idea. I say that with dripping with sarcasm because many times we don't do it. I think, my goodness, why don't we? Why don't I do it? Why don't all of us do that? God, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? I saw a former member of this church uh, at Fox's this week. And uh, he shared with me that he had gone. Uh, he lives in another town. <laughs> but he, uh, he said he had gone to the dentist. He had a, a dentist appointment. And he shared Christ with, with, the, the, with one of the, uh, what do they call them? Dental, sorry? Dental assistant. There we go. One of the assistants. And she accepted Christ. She, she accepted Christ. Whatever day that was. Thursday. Whatever day. Thursday, I think it was. Because he thought, you know what? I feel like I need to talk to her. I need to talk to her about Jesus. And she accepted Jesus. And I thought, look at this. Look at this. What do you want me to do? Wake it up at the beginning of the day. God, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to talk to? Open up an opportunity so that I can talk to somebody about Jesus. And please do not think, well, I'm just going to stumble around. It's going to sound horrible, blah, blah, blah. The fact that you opened up the, the subject, you broached the subject, you mentioned it, then you can manage it. When you broach the subject and you say to someone something about Jesus, it counts, okay? I don't know how else to say it. It counts. <laughs> if you want to think that, oh, well, I get points for that? Yeah, you get points for that. Because it matters. Because you said something to somebody about Jesus and their minds had to go from wherever they were to Jesus. And so you have done something good. Even if you don't make it all the way through like a gospel presentation, you've said something, you've done something. I want to encourage you to open up your mind to God's voice in your life. Allow Him to guide you. Seek His approval before you do anything. Before you go through your day, before any plans you make, say, God, what, is this something you want me to do? Is this something you want me to do? If it is, let me know. And look, there's a catch. You can do this too. God, let me know. Okay, he didn't let me know, so I'm going to go do what I want to do. No! <laughs> you and I have got to wait on the Lord. We've got to wait. He may say wait. He may say yes. He may say no. The waiting's got to be the hardest, isn't it? The, the waiting. Well, oh, man. Come on, God, please. Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. He will eventually let you know. The timing may not be right. He may just flat out say no, and you may go, oh, Okay. 
Well, no. All right. Well, I really wanted to. Okay, I know. I heard you. No. Okay. Okay. But we must seek His approval before making plans. What does the Lord desire of you? What does He desire of your life? You know, He has a plan for your life. He wants to use you in this world. He wants to use you. Do you know what He wants you to do? Have you consulted Him? Talk to Him. Ask Him. I've often thought that thousands, thousands and thousands of of God's children miss out on so many blessings in ministry because they simply never ask God what they needed to do. They never ask God, what do you want me to do? They just never ask, and so they never knew. Instead of wasting our time and making our own plans, we should consult God first. Consult Him first. Talk to Him. The last thing, a look at the reality of making our plans. James gets back to what happens when we make our own plans. Look at verse 16. But as it is, he says, as it is, you, you know, as it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. You, you, you know, you, you get all excited. Well, this is what I'm going to do. You start telling everybody, I got my plans. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to, oh, it's going to be great, blah, 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 blah. And, and we boast about it. Uh, James is concerned that God's people will fall into this type of arrogance that comes when one feels like, got it all wrapped up. Got my plans, going to make a bunch of money. It's going to be great. And we're going to run out and tell everybody. Right here we see that evil is, boasting is evil. Boasting is evil. When you're boasting about your self-made plans to to get rich, that's evil. That's evil. James just calls it, boom, evil. Look at verse 17. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is a sin. Remember how I said in the past, once you know something, once you have a piece of knowledge, you're responsible for it. Once you hear some knowledge from the Word of God, you're responsible for it you know, and with it. I mean, you, you, there it is. You know it now. And so you can't say, well, I, I, I was ignorant. I didn't know. No, you know. Okay, remember when I said that? All right, once you hear the truth, you cannot plead ignorance. You cannot say you didn't know any better. When we speak about sin, usually we speak about something we should not do. Here, James points out that sometimes sin is not doing what we know to be right. If we know the right thing to do and we don't do it, James says that is sin. Whoa! Well, I, I prefer the sins that are obvious that we just do and everybody knows, yeah, it's sin. I, I, I don't really want, I don't want to think that if I don't do something that I'm sinning. That doesn't, that, oh, that'd make me uncomfortable. Brother Craig, I couldn't sleep at night. Well, hey, how are you sleeping? Just asking. I, I've gotten to the point where it's the 3 o'clock in the morning and I, God and I are talking and I'm like, what, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> Why are we awake? Look. If we hear this today, if we hear this right now, that we are to use our time consulting with God and we are to allow Him to be a part of our plans and then we just run off and do our own thing, we're sinning. Oops, there is the knowledge. There it is. You have it. You know it. You're responsible for it and so am I. And we need to be responsible with it, with this knowledge that we know now. With knowledge of what is and is not sin, it is up to us to choose wisely our steps from here on out. Yes, with great knowledge does come great responsibility. Pastor Johnny Hunt wrote this. He said, the clearer the light of God's law, the deeper is the sinfulness of those who break it. 
whether by committing what he forbids or neglecting what he enjoins. So yeah, well if I just don't know the Bible, then I can just do whatever I want. No, there's a thing, <laughs> there's, there's a being called the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of you and helps you to know what's right and wrong. So if you don't know the scripture, you're still, you still can't get out of it. Because <laughs> the Holy Spirit lives inside of every believer and says, look, what you're about to do, I wouldn't do that. That's not right. So we can't get out of it. But we, many of us live as if, oh, well, we can. So, yes, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is a sin. So I want to leave us this morning with some questions on our minds. Knowing that God must be consulted before making any plans, what will you do? Will you consult Him? Will you include Him in your plans? It's a big question. And only you can answer. Only you have that answer. We make plans to use our time and we act as if there's, you know, we don't even know what tomorrow holds, but we act like we're just going to, plan our life away. Instead of wasting our time and making our plans, we need to consult God before we make our plans. We need to consult Him first, then make the plans. If we belong to God and fail to use our time to consult Him in our plans, we are sinning. Yikes. Something to think about. Do you want to walk with the Lord? If you do, then you will. But we've got to do it according to the Word of God. We can't make our own way. We can't make our own path. We've got to follow His. It's the only way. Would you pray with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for the time that You've given to each one of us. Lord, as we look at this time that we have, and we look at maybe the time that we have had Sometimes we may look back at it and say, oh no, oh no, what have I done? We may spend our time looking backwards and thinking that, oh boy, I've messed up. Let me encourage you, from this point forward, you have a chance to make it right. You have an opportunity to make it right. You have an opportunity to begin asking God, talking with God, God, what do you want me to do? You have that opportunity to consult Him before you do anything. My prayer is that you will do that. That you will take that time, make that time. God is a loving God. He cares for us. He wants to help us. He wants to guide us in the right path. Maybe you're here this morning and you've thought, you know what? Hearing from God, I, I don't have Him in my heart. I, I don't even know what all that, how that takes place. How do I hear from God? You need a relationship with Him. You need to come to Him humbly. Admit that you've not always done the right thing. The Bible calls doing wrong things sin. That's what sin is. Doing things that are against God. Doing things that are wrong. And if you'll come to Him, if you'll go to Him and say, Dear God, I, I've sinned. If you'll ask Him to forgive you of your sins, to come into your heart, and to be in charge of your life, He will. 
Maybe today you need to make that decision to follow him. To have him forgive you of your sins. To be in charge of your life. Maybe today you need to make that decision to walk with him. My prayer is that you will. Don't put it off. You have an opportunity today to to begin your walk with Christ. To begin walking with God himself. You have an opportunity. I hope you will make and take that opportunity. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on that old rugged cross for us. Taking the punishment that we deserve. You did that for us, God, so that we can have a relationship with you. So that we could be forgiven of our sins. God, thank you for doing what you've done. Thank you for being who you are. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement right here from the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. It's good to be able to be along with you on these podcasts. I hope that you're enjoying them. Let us hear from you. Uh, You can contact us by going to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. And you can get on there and (laughs) let us hear from you. Contact us. Uh, Let us know that you're Uh, Well, whether you're enjoying these podcasts or not, uh, we'd love to know. We'd love to have some feedback. Uh, Maybe there's something you you could suggest uh, to make this podcast even better. Uh, But we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Maybe you have some questions. We we can communicate with you and hopefully answer those questions. Uh, But just let us know. Go to fbcwinsboro.com and let us hear from you today. Thank you for joining us for Words of Encouragement. We do hope uh, that as we draw nearer to that time of Thanksgiving, that you will be able to take some time with your family and just spend some time thanking God together. Uh, Also, you know, I guess it goes without saying, do not eat too much, uh, but celebrate the Lord in Thanksgiving at this Thanksgiving. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.